You're listening to Speak Lord. I'm Ryan Rogers. In the first six verses of Revelation chapter 3, Jesus gives a message to his church. It says this, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of God. Remember then what you received and heard and keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. To one who overcomes, I will clothe thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I'm impressed by things that have been around for a long time and are well-preserved, and I admire the people who can keep them like that. I don't. I mess things up. I could make a three-year-old car look messier and dirtier than a 30-year-old car. I'm just rough on stuff. And some people just have a gift of keeping things clean, keeping them straight and organized and perfectly preserved. And that's the first thing I noticed when some of our friends gave us a stack of board games. We like board games. And some of these board games were 40 years old. They still had the original unripped, undented boxes. One still had plastic on it. The graphics were outdated, but the colors weren't faded. They weren't stained. Several of them were Bible games, and one of them was a trivia game for the history of our denomination. It was published and copyrighted in 1964. I'm sure it's not in print anymore, but these things looked perfectly preserved. And I thought to myself, I will find a way to mess them up. After a month in our house, or even just one game night, these things will look as old as they really are. That's what I do to things. And I put these games in our car, and we drove home. It was less than a 10-minute drive. And our driveway is sloped. It makes a really good sled run, and it's often slick. And this day, it was covered in packed ice. It wasn't fluffy, fresh snow that needed plowed. It was hard-packed ice. We'd driven over the snow a lot by this point, and it was actually perfect for sliding. I'd been um, making my wife nervous that day when I'd pull in and I would slide around and the kids thought it was great fun because it was extra slick that day. It was also windy and these, these gusts of wind would surprise us from different directions. It made it so uh, you moved quickly between car and house because even though it was a good solid negative 10 degrees, that wind blowing and snow blowing in your face just it made your ears hurt and your face hurt and you're not covered with all the snow gear when you're in your car so you get out and it just hits you and apparently the fun i had in sliding in the car also moved some things in the back of the car so when i opened the back uh, several of the games fell out and i wasn't 
too stressed at first, it's not that hard to pick up games and put them back in. But then some of the board games started sledding down the hill. And I also noticed that the Pictionary cards had dumped. And I thought I'd pick those up first until um, those those sledding board games didn't stop. They started with the slick ice and then they got picked up in the wind. And I had thought, you know, I can outrun a board game, but then I realized they had a a really good head start and one of them was heading right towards the road. So I, I abandoned the Pictionary cards and I ran after the board games and I caught this one before it hit the road. It was a game I'd never heard before called Miracles and Pitfalls. I had saved Miracles and Pitfalls. It was this orange box sliding towards the road. That would have been a stupid way to get run over. I would have been the first casualty in the history of Bible games. But I stopped it. There was another one down by the dumpster, and my daughter stopped that. But by the time we made it back up to the car, uh, the wind had found those Pictionary cards. And they were flying everywhere. And I thought to myself, I knew it. I could mess this up really fast. So the wind would pick up several dozen cards and and move them to the other side of the driveway. And then it seemed like those same cards would come right back. And my wife came out and said, this is, is pointless. We're never going to get all these cards. I agreed with part of that. We would never get those cards, not all of them. But it was not pointless. Right then was our best opportunity to gather up as many of them as possible. So we went around, our fingers freezing. Cards were stuck to the fence. They were stuck against the garage door. They were on our steps. They were down in the field below our driveway. And we were picking up these cards. Every once in a while, you come up to a pile and reach down, and it would rise up and slap you in the face in a tornado of Pictionary cards. It was a mess. We would never get them all, but we were going to try to get as many as we could. So we gathered them up to the point we decided we'd done enough. I walk in. And my kids are running hot water over their stiff fingers. Pictionary cards were wet and had dirt and chunks of ice on them. And they were, you know how when when they're all lined up, they make a nice compact, um, they, they fit into their box all compact. This was like a puffy mess of cards. And it wasn't even all of them. These cards had lasted 30 years in their previous home without a single crease. And they didn't even make it inside our house. Ten minutes after I had received those cards, they were blowing around our neighborhood, many of them never to be retrieved. So in one way, we just failed miserably. The Pictionary cards were dumped in a winter windstorm. And in another way, we were successful. We did not collect all the scattered cards. But before they could all get away, we got the ones we could. So Jesus says to the church in Sardis, I know your works. You have a reputation for being alive but are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. Some of the cars were gone and many of them would have been gone within moments. 
But we made a choice. We said, we're going to do something about the ones that are right here. We're going to chase after them. We're going to stick our frozen fingers into the snow and pick these things up. It's so tempting to think it's no use. But I like instead what the angel said. Strengthen what remains. See, the truth is that we're going to mess it up. We're going to open the door and stuff's going to dump out. And then it's going to get picked up in the wind and scattered. It was really a helpless feeling. It was a feeling of we messed up and then every moment that passes by is getting worse. It was scattered and kind of helpless feeling. And it's not an unfamiliar feeling. It's a feeling we have when we know that things are falling apart and increasing each moment that passes by and we really can't stop it. But there is, there's a lie that we can believe that says it is useless. It's not useless. There are things in our control that we could do with those, those little bits that remain. So you can give up in defeat and you can say it's useless or you can take action in the small ways where you do have influence. You can wake up and strengthen what remains. Here's the thing. We tend to worry about what no longer remains. The counsel here from Jesus is to strengthen what does remain. It is shifting our focus from what no longer is to what still is. And we can have this this paralyzing preoccupation with the things we've lost or the things we've messed up and then not even realize that there are things right in front of us that aren't gone yet. The defeat of what we've messed up what often can keep us in a position that we just keep messing up the things that, that we haven't yet. It puts us on that path where the things that could have been salvaged aren't. So we have this focus that Jesus gives us not on what is lost, but on what remains. And his counsel is, strengthen that. Take those things that are still there and do what you can to make the best of that. Devoris is a great loss. What remains on the other side? Aging, it's hard. What do you still have that you have not lost? When your heart is broken by those who've left your church, who is still there? Strengthen what remains in injury. Strengthen what remains in disease. Strengthen what remains in death. Strengthen what remains in financial loss. Strengthen what remains in physical mobility. If you still have some of it, don't bury your head mourning over what's gone. Be responsible with Jesus. Strengthen what remains. We do this silly thing where we give our attention to places where we have no agency. We give our energy to places where we have no influence. We will give 90% of our focus to a place that we can make zero difference. And there are things right in front of us where we could actually do something. But because we're so preoccupied with what is getting away from us, we don't 
even step into that opportunity to strengthen what remains. We just watch the cards fly, and we don't go out and grab them off the snow, or like my wife ended up doing, standing on the two piles that had not yet been picked up by the wind, strengthen what remains. When we focus on what we lost, on what we've lost, uh, something really terrible happens. And this is what the text tells us. When we focus on what we've lost, we lose what we still have. That's what he says. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know what hour I come against you. The truth here is the things that remain aren't going to remain if you don't choose to strengthen them, to give your efforts there on the things you still have. So we go to this place of lack of acceptance, of guilt, paralysis, victimhood, and this is the perfect recipe for wasting the things we still have. Uh, This message begins in a a really... uh, rough place. It says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. So this is a, um, a hypocritical place. It's a place of um, you feel that you're broken inside, but you have just enough to fool others that you're okay. Um, you're depressed, but you're doing a decent job of covering it up. Uh, you have spiritual doubts that are eating away at, at your faith, but you, you know just enough t- to make your faith look solid at church. Or maybe you are uh, drowning in grief, but you're going to deny it. And you're living in sin, but you've figured out a way to hide it. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. So the person in that place could say, you know what? I think I'm fooling people. I must be okay. The solution that Jesus gives is, Wake up. Strengthen what remains. Don't hide what you've lost. Don't conceal what's not going well. Wake up. Strengthen what remains. And there's a reward for it. The reward comes at the end like it does to all the messages to the churches. It says, The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before the angels. There's a reward for those who run after the tornado of Pictionary cards. There's a reward for those who recover from a loss and say, you know, I still have a responsibility right here. There's a reward for those who don't let grief overtake them about the things that have been taken away. And they say, I'm going to do what Jesus says. I'm going to notice what I have. And by his grace, I'm going to strengthen what remains. What remains for you? Yeah, You might have a current story of loss, current experience of defeat. I I just want to push you to, to ask yourself, What remains? And how will you choose now to strengthen what remains? How is God speaking to you? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening.
Well, thank you so much for listening to Speak, Lord. And as always, you can find all of our episodes by searching for Speak, Lord, wherever you get podcasts. And you can find more from me at PastorRyanRogers.com.